Welcome to the Emergency Goalies. This is the last uh, episode of the regular season. Now, we will be back at some point during the uh, season as news merits and probably for a draft one, but this is going to be the last of our regular season episodes. So uh, we're also going to have a special guest later, uh, Katie Drzinski. I hope I said it right. I asked her to say it correctly, so but you can follow her on Twitter at K Drzinski. Um, anyway, there were the final three games this week for the Blackhawks. And um, I think we'll kind of split off the recaps. I, I will let um, Michael recap the first game. Michael. Yeah. So the, obviously no uh, big, uh, Meaning for the Hawks in any of these games, they were eliminated from playoff competition, but the games had meaning for the teams that they were playing, and that included the St. Louis Blues, uh, who were still very much in pursuit of the Central Division title. Uh, But the Blackhawks came out and got off to a nice start. Jonathan Caves recorded his 35th goal to give the Hawks a 1-0 lead. And then it was just really a lot of back and forth. Um, Tarasenko scored, Anisimov scored, Kane scored, Perron scored, and, and, and back and forth. Ends up going into overtime. Isn't decided in overtime. We go to the shootout, and the Hawks take it, stick it in the eye of the blues and their fans. If that's uh, something uh, that you're interested in, I know it means something to you, Sean. So, um, I mean, that's so we denied them one extra point and that ended up being the difference between first and second place in the central division. So uh, in that regard, most definitely a success for the Blackhawks in that game. Yep. And yeah, I am, I will admit I'm petty. I'm anti- (laughs) Anti-Blues, and I used to be anti-Red Wings, but, you know, they're in the East now, so whatever. Good for them. But, yeah, I I did enjoy that uh, uh, final dagger to the the Blues. But um, now we'll cut to uh, Friday, the Blackhawks' final home game of the year against the Stars. Now, the Stars were playing for, like, you know, they could get back into the bottom of the Central, I believe is what it was. Wasn't that the what they were playing for? No, I think they were pretty much locked into the first uh, wild card spot. Well, they were playing like they were locked into the first wild card spot because the Stars did not give much effort in this game. Uh, yeah, the Blackhawks scored the first four goals, and the, the yeah, even like the beat writers for the Blackhawks were tweeting about how little effort the Stars appeared to be giving on the ice. They did score a goal to make it 4-1, but then the Blackhawks were to make it 5-1. Kane had a couple goals in this game, so I think, what did he get up to, 44 for the year? Oh, that sounds right. That sounds right. I don't have that game up in front of me here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm fairly sure that, yeah, it was 44 was the last I saw. And, yeah, it was just the Blackhawks dominated. Um, Crawford started the game, but then Cam Ward, who – I don't know if they've officially said anything, but there's at least a chance he's going to retire. Uh, they switch goalies partway through the game and uh, put Cam Ward into play. I believe it was his 700th career game. 
So, yeah, that was a nice little gesture by the Blackhawks. And I don't think Ward has officially announced that he's going to retire. I think I even saw a comment from him that, you know, it'll obviously depend on what type of offers he gets this year. And if he did decide to come back and play, he'd love to stay in Chicago sort of things. So we'll see. But uh, if it is, if, if this does end up being the end, uh, I'm glad the Hawks were able to kind of let him, you know, get to that uh, milestone. Yeah. So, and then of course the season finale was the next night, Saturday in Nashville. And um, the Predators needed this to win the division. They had to win this game. And uh, the Blackhawks actually did jump up to a lead. Um, yeah, Brandon yeah, Perlini a good scare. Scored. Yeah. Brandon Perlini scored. And, you know, it, it stayed, you know, I, did the Black Eyes go up two? Yeah, they two went up one? two to nothing, and then two it was five unanswered. Yeah, uh, they went up two to nothing, and then the Predators were like, okay, we need this game, and they put the hammer down and went up um, three two, and I think they scored two empty net goals at the end. So it was kind of a, I don't want to say unceremonious end of the season, but it was a game Nashville had to win, and they weren't going to, you know, yeah, give it up. We weren't so, going to stand in their way. We had already done them a favor by uh, squeezing the blues out of a point. So, uh, yeah, they, they took care of business at the end. Yeah, so the Blackhawks finished with, I believe, 86 points. I'm doing the, I remember 84. the... 84. 84, okay. They finished with 84 points, and I believe a game over 500, two games over? Um. Well, they did average more than a point per game. I... I have issue with yes, declaring with the, the declaring overtime, losses, uh, overtime losses as part of over 500, but they did finish with 36 wins and 34 regulation losses. Yeah. But like you were saying, if you do the math 84, cause there's a possible with 81 games, possible yeah, they, 162 points. They, they only won 36 games and they lost 46. So <laughs> it's just 12 of those came in overtime or shootouts. So they got they got twelve free points. Yeah, so basically about half the points possible they got. So Yeah, yeah. They were just over one point per game. So in that regard, I guess you could say you could declare it like a, a five hundred ish season, but Yeah, and certainly with what the with through Jan, December and January it was to win that get eighty four points is a pretty big shock actually. Yeah, yeah. Certainly uh better than it looked like a couple of months into the season when we thought we would actually be battling for the third best odds in the lottery letter rather than um, like three teams out of the wild card spot, which is, I think what we ended up yeah. two spots out of the wild card. Yeah. So not, not bad. Okay. And then of course the other big news was we were recording this on a Wednesday was last night, Tuesday night, the Blackhawks did surprisingly well in the in the draft lottery. They got yes. they got some good bounces and finished with the third overall pick. Now, would it have been nice if they gotten one or two with the two big names in the draft? Sure, but to be the twelfth best twelfth worst record and get the third pick is pretty good. So, yeah, eight per, eight point two percent chance, and the 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 ping pong balls bounce the the Hawks' way. So. 
it's a it's a big deal moving up from twelve to three, uh, especially in a draft like this where yeah, you, you sure you miss out on those top two guys, but there is a nice tier of you know about five players uh, beyond that where the 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 Hawks can uh, get their pick of the litter, you know, of whoever they feel is going to fit their system and their timeline for contention best. So yeah, just it just opens up so many options, gives them a player that could potentially contribute quicker and to a greater extent than what they would have gotten with the 12th pick. So big day, big day. Yes. Okay. So um, we've got, we asked for a couple questions from the Twitter people and we did get a few questions from Twitter. So that was nice to see. So um, we got a couple questions from uh, someone we both know from Twitter. Um, Archie Tex on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he um, his first question actually fits pretty good in what we were talking about. He asks, uh, Cousins, Turcotte, or Pout Cousin, I don't know if I'm saying that right, at number Pout three, Cousin. who do you draft in a system devo- in a, a draft devoid of impact center talent? Ah, uh, boy. It's a, it's a tough question, and I don't know that I have – an answer right away. Um, whoever the Hawks end up choosing, they're going to get second guessed. Um, there's just, there's no clear cut third best player in this draft class. Um, at least among media and scouts, uh, the guy who does get pegged as the third guy most often is Russian Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, but at least in the Hawks, situation I feel like he might be the least likely simply because uh, he's under contract in the KHL for two more seasons and so that's you know kind of a long wait for him to come over to the NHL uh, when you know you're going to be burning two more years off of Taves and Kane and Keith so even though he might have a slightly higher ceiling than the other two, I, I just, I, I find it, I find it hard to believe that they would go that route with the caveat that there has been some scattered reports that he could potentially come over uh, as early as this year. And the Blackhawks do have, I guess you could say a bit of an in uh, in the KHL with Barry Smith, who is uh you know involved in our front office i don't even remember what his title is anymore Uh, he's bounced around quite a bit but he used to coach in the khl the hawks have a lot of ties over in that league so they should have a pretty good ability to gauge what pot situation is and just how quickly he may be able to come over so if the hawks do go with him i think it would be an indication that they think they can get him across the pond sooner. Uh, the other options um, that Archie brought up would be Alex Turcott, who is an American center. Uh, he has kind of been uh, playing under the shadow of Jack Hughes uh, with the U S national development team. Uh, he also missed uh, the first part of the season uh, due to injury. And that is a concern with him. Uh, he's not a huge guy. Uh, he's only 5'11", but he's actually pretty well built uh, at 195 pounds. 
what I like about Turcotte is he is high energy. He's a two way forward. Um, and he just really came, came on like gangbusters in the second half of the season and was actually outscoring Hughes. Um, he's just, he, he goes all out and he's at full speed a lot of times in high traffic. And I think it leads to a lot of, um, uh, hard contact against him, which I think is kind of where some of that, those injury concerns come from, but he does kind of have a little bit of a chance, I think of becoming like a two way top six center in the, the way that Taves has been for us, uh, which would you know, be a nice uh, kind of uh, companion for Strom, who would then, you know, eventually be the other top six center and kind of be reserved for more of an offensive role, whereas Turcotte can handle the the tougher matchups in the two-way. Um, and it's not a, a great comp, but he, he reminds me a little bit of Mike Richards, um, you know, uh, of years past with the Flyers and the Kings. So that that's definitely a guy I think they could consider it, a, a lot of that will depend on the medicals though. Uh, then the other guy Archie brought up is Dylan cousins. He is a big six foot three bulldog. Um, but it, it's not just power with him. He also possesses great skating ability. And uh, it, in some ways he's kind of like a, a souped up, uh, Brandon sod. Okay. Um, he kind of plays that same type of game, uh, where he's able to use his speed and, and size to protect the puck going around the outside. And then, um, has enough stick handling ability to, to cut to the middle and really challenges defensemen one-on-one, uh, entering the zone. But I think he also has a little bit more skill to him and, at six foot three, he's also has the frame to actually become a little bigger than Brandon Saad is. Um, the other interesting aspect to him is he's both right-handed and has the ability to play center. Both of those things are, well, the, the, with the acquisition of Strom, we're not exactly hurting at the center position anymore, but having that versatility is certainly nice. Being a right-handed guy uh, is is it is a big boost? Uh, well, a, a a big attribute to be able to have because um, outside of Debrinket, uh, the Blackhawks don't really have um, you know a right-handed shot um, that can play in a top nine role currently. So he's a guy that would be able to help out on faceoffs, um, and so that that is definitely a um, you know a guy that. I could see a lot of GMs falling in love with um, the one, you know, I've kind of brought up concerns with the other two guys with um, their contract situation for pod Colson and the injury concerns with Turcotte with cousins. I, I think he kind of has a, a, you know, I brought up sod before. I, I think he kind of has the same sort of style of play where I think he sees the play in front of him pretty well, but I don't, see him um having that innate sense he's not, of, not creative you would say uh, he, he's I, he, he's creative in one-on-one situations I, I what i see missing from him is 
that innate sense of the play developing behind him that a lot of elite guys have. Yeah, to set up other people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I I certainly wouldn't be upset if they take him. Um, I, I I don't know that he would be my first choice, but at the other uh, on the other end, he would certainly seem like a very good fit with the Blackhawks current group and he's a guy that could probably play next year at least in a middle six role maybe as a wing um yeah so okay i guess i'll take up on that then if you let's say i'm making you blackhawks gm who do you pick number three i i don't know that i can answer that right now um not knowing pod colson's uh contract situation not knowing the medicals on turkett uh, the other two guys that I would be interested in uh, beyond those three would be Kirby Doc, who is a six foot four, uh, two hundred pound center who's still filling out. He's got really smooth hands, and uh, he's he's a pretty good skater for his size. Uh, he's better than Dylan Strom is in that regard, um, and he's he's really good in small areas, and he also can play some physical game and like uh cousins he's also a right-handed center so he's a guy that i wouldn't rule out and then even though the blackhawks are so stacked at, at, with defensemen bowen byram is a guy that really interests me as well uh, he's a left-handed shot which the blackhawks don't have uh quite as much depth at in their prospects uh, Pool, uh, Bolquist, Yoki Haru, and Mitchell are all right-handed guys. Uh, right now, Nicholas Baudin would probably be their top uh, prospect on the left side. But Byram is just—he's a silky smooth skater, uh, really good um, in in the transition game, and I he, I think he took a big step forward this year defensively. He does a really good job of controlling gaps and using an active stick uh, on entries against him. And when he does take the puck away, he's really quick transitioning back the other way. Um, in his own zone, he's not a huge guy, he's, he, but he's bigger than the Blackhawks' other guy, uh, other prospects um, in that he's 6'1", and he's probably going to end up being about 200 pounds. So he's strong and he's skilled, and he's smart enough to win board battles and net front uh, battles, even if he's not really going to be a, um, a body mover. So he's a guy that I, I, I've seen some comps to him for Drew Doughty. I don't think he's that good. Uh, Doughty has a little more spark um, offensively and uh, I think a little more edge to his game defensively. But Byron does intrigue me as a potential top pairing replacement for uh, Duncan Keith down the road. So I, even though we're so strong defensively, I, I wouldn't rule out Byron. So I, those are the five guys that jump out to me. And while I've done research on all of them, uh, it was mostly earlier in the year uh, when I thought we were actually going to end up with a top pick. <laughs> um, whereas recent, more recently, I've been kind of looking at guys further down. So I, I, I would need to dig in a little bit further. Yeah. Um, so but, you know what? We're, we'll have a draft preview. That'll be our next 
yeah. uh, podcast, <laughs> and we'll be able to break all this down. So I'll ask just a couple more of our questions, and then we'll get to Katie's interview. So um, the other question Archie asked was um, he wanted to know about uh, Kusharov. I hope I'm saying his name right. Kurashev, sorry. Uh, Kurashev has made it to Rockford after a great final junior season that brought notoriety. Does he have a legit shot of the Hawks roster next year? My guess is no. Um, He was the best player on a bad junior team. He did do well in international competitions. He is getting a little bit of a showing with Rockford uh, at the end of this year. Um, I, I think when I looked the yesterday, he hasn't scored in either of his games, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, Rockford is still competing for the last playoff position. Uh, right now they're, uh, just outside, um, and that spot and they need a little help to get in, but they're, they're playing a little better. So there's still hope there. You'd love to see the Blackhawks get in to the postseason, And maybe at that point, one of the, you know, these young guys emerges over the playoff run to kind of give them a little bit of momentum heading into next year. Um, but right now uh, with the group that's in Rockford, I'm not sure that there is, actually is a guy outside of Yoki Haru with a great shot of making the opening night lineup for the Hawks. Um, Matthew Highmore is a guy that I think might contribute on the fourth line next year and uh, he would have a shot, but he's missed a lot of the, uh, of this season due to injury. Um, and then uh, 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 under the radar guy might be Brandon Hagel, uh, who's a undrafted guy that they signed out of um, juniors this year. He's come up uh, and he's been playing with Rockford. I want to say for the last three or four weeks, um, just a really high energy, gritty guy. Um, that he also would be, you know, more of a contributor on the fourth line. But as far as the more skilled guys, uh, I don't know that any of them will be ready right out of the gate. Um, uh, Mackenzie Entwistle would be another guy that they signed recently who was the uh, prospect that they acquired in the HOSA trade with Arizona. Uh, He impressed me in the World Junior um, I, I think to start off, he would be a guy, again, that would be more of a fourth-line player, but I think eventually he might be able to work into a third-line role. But um, he kind of has some of the size, and as I was mentioning before with the draft prospects, he's a right-handed uh, shooter that is also capable of playing center and helping out on face-off. So he would potentially be, maybe not at the beginning of the year, but later in the year, a guy uh, that could maybe help uh, David Camp out on the fourth line and help win some face-offs. And he's a, a big body that's responsible defensively. So those are the guys that I would look more for contributing next year. Um, the other guy that isn't in Rockford uh, that Bowman has talked up a little bit is Dominic Kubalik, who is a guy that we picked up from, oh, I want to say it was the Kings. Uh, yeah, it was drafted a him. minor deal, yeah. Yeah, they drafted him a couple of years ago. They were not able to get him to sign. And so they traded his uh, rights to the Blackhawks for, I think it was like a sixth round pick or something uh, uh, over the winter here. And 
Uh, Bowman has said that they're going to sign him and they, they expect him to, to, to make the team next year. And, you know, we got to give the Blackhawks the benefit of the doubt on those guys. Uh, you know, we've seen the success they've had with Panarin and um, Cahoon this year as, uh, you know, bringing over these guys from Europe who were not touted, were not drafted or were drafted, but, you know, took a little longer to develop. And, you know, I, I would expect him to kind of be in the next line of guys. So, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know anything about him, unfortunately. I know he's been playing really well over in, oh, I'm pretty sure it's the, I thought I'm it was Czech Republic, Swissly, but, but I think, I, I think it actually, somewhere, somewhere in Europe. Yeah. It's a central Europe. Uh, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how he does. Um, but yeah, for Kershev, I think we're probably a year away. I, I think the following year would be more when he would uh, kind of look to break in. Okay. So we've got one more. Uh, I don't even know if this is like, it's kind of a question, but it's almost more of a comment, but it's from uh, Neil Weber on Twitter. And he said, um, this is him, not our official line, but uh, what a waste of Taves and Kane's big offensive years at age 30. Those two plus Keith are not getting any younger. Hopefully the Hawks GM can improve the blue line this off season as that group of D was horrible. So I guess the question I guess he would be offering here is, can they improve the D? So, Well, I, they certainly can. Um, the free agent market isn't great. Uh, so if they go that route, you're probably looking more at a third pairing guy that might be able to help out on the penalty kill, which is certainly would be an improvement. Um, but... I, I think if they're make if they're go, looking for more dramatic improvements, uh, you're going to need to uh, go to to the trade market, and it, it's just one of those things where you know how much are they willing to you know sacrifice in the long term to get to get those short term gains. I mean, they obviously like their defensive prospect pool. Um, they've talked it up a lot, but. Honestly, there's not going to be room for all those guys, and it's hard to see, you know, how quickly a couple of those guys are going to produce. So it might be the sort of situation where, you know, they got to choose the one or two that they're going to, you know, that they're going to hang on to and hang their hats on for the future, and then that would free them up to trade a couple of the other guys um, for, you know, potentially some more immediate help. So, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, so Bowman did to... say that they're not going to bring back the same group. So, yeah, so that's he's a... promising change. I'm just not sure to what extent. I don't know that we're necessarily going to make all the fans happy in that they're going to, you know, sign Eric Carlson or, you know, acquire uh, Jacob Truba or somebody at the, you know, at the top of the market. Yeah. Well, what we can say is they're probably not going to look the same as this year on the decoy. Yeah. I don't know what that will be, but yeah. So um, that's the end of our little question time. So uh, now we're going to go to our interview with um, Katie. It was pretty good. We had fun doing it because we, full disclosure, we did it before we did this segment. So we already know how it went. It went all right. So, um, and we'll be back with a little, after the interview, with a little uh, final message. And then here is Katie. All right. Well, we're here with uh, Katie. I'm going to let you say your last name again because I know it, but I'm always afraid. 
<laughs> it's Twerzinski. Twerzinski, okay. Uh, yeah, Katie's back on, and um, you know, when you you were listening to this, the people listening to this, we'll already have done our little recap of the last three games of the season, but I'm going to ask Katie to start. What are your thoughts on the Blackhawks going into next season? Well, I hope it's better than this season was. Um, I think having a full season with one head coach instead of changing partway through will hopefully help with being able to get that system implemented right away. And guys will already uh, hopefully be comfortable working with him, which would be probably was a little bit challenging this year uh, on various degrees for various guys. Also having the number three pick, uh, I think is probably helpful for them um, since I don't think that was something people were expecting. So that's an exciting surprise that hopefully will pay off next season. Yeah. It's, you know, and you look at how good they started to end the, you know, how good they finished the year. I mean, the start was not good, especially when Colleton first took over, but yeah, you see this, you know, streak of that they're playing now where they, they're playing like a playoff team at the end of the year. So that really makes you feel better. I'll let uh, Michael chime in too. What do you think, Michael? I would have to echo those sentiments. Uh, I think, you know, we kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the fan base was split on whether or not uh, this team could uh, actually compete for the playoffs or if they should be tanking and going for a high draft pick. And we kind of got the best of both worlds. We managed to get back into the playoff race and still managed to pull off getting a top three picks. So uh, it certainly leaves me with a lot more optimism now than it, than I had uh, a few months ago. Um, The team's performance was certainly arrowing up in the second half of the season. Uh, Like Katie said, I, they started getting a little more comfortable uh, working under Colleton and then yeah, you know, hopefully draft pick that the Hawks uh, were able to secure in the lottery uh, can step in and help right away. Or, you know, even if it's a year down the road, uh, you know, the Blackhawks will also have uh, salary cap space for the first time in forever uh, this offseason where they can make a, you know, uh, a move or two if if the opportunity presents itself. So, yeah, yeah. definitely more optimistic as the season concluded. Well, let me get to the big question here. If they were going to rig the draft lottery for the Blackhawks, why didn't you give us the number one pick? Why three? That's bogus. Maybe it was to throw people off the scent. That's true. I mean, you give the Rangers two and the Blackhawks three, and then you throw the Devils at one to, you know, the Devils would never get, wouldn't be rigged. So look, well, I mean, you've got the Devils getting the top pick for the second time in three years. The year before, we had Carolina winning in the lottery and picking two. Um, you know, there's Buffalo was in there recently. So, yeah, I, I, any notion that the the draft is rigged is ridiculous. I, there, there's, it's just, there's no way you could get away with it at. Um, with the amount of scrutiny and money involved in this, but it's there's fun to no, joke. There's no about way it. the other the the other uh, owners would allow such a thing to happen. Yeah, it's it's fun to see people on Twitter saying it though. Oh yeah, it, it, it's hilarious uh, in their responses, but it's 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 a ridiculous notion. Right. Well, Katie, I've got to ask you an important question. Yes. Okay. Why aren't they making Colleton wear his glasses more often? 
I don't know. Next season, I really, it was the most enjoyable part of some of the games. Obviously, that is high level analysis uh, from me. But yeah, if he could just wear his glasses always. All right, so now I'll go to a little bit more hard hitting one. Uh, the, oh, wait, uh, hold on. I need, a, I need a second for me to put my glasses on as well. <laughs> they were sitting in front of me. There we go. Okay, we can proceed. Yes, and I don't wear glasses, so. I'm out on that one. I don't need to wear glasses. I have a very minimal prescription after I got laser surgery a long time ago, but that surgery starting to wear off and the uh, effects are that I sometimes need to wear them when I'm driving now. Those things can wear off? Yeah. I mean, your your eyes are always changing. Your eyes get um, better and worse and... Um, just because you have a surgery, it doesn't stop the process. It just corrects whatever it was at the time of the surgery. It shows what I know. Yeah. And hey, you know what? I'm getting into middle age. So at some point in the relatively near future, I'm going to need reading glasses anyway. No, the question I was going to ask was before we got sidetracked on uh, laser eye surgery. Um, so Kane uh, and Taves, do we think they're going to be able to be as good next year as they were this year? Because they were really good this year. I think it's a bummer that they had career years and a year that ended before the postseason, but I think maybe that gives them some motivation to have a more successful, longer season next year uh, and hopefully keep up that same pace they were playing at. Yeah, and of course, too, I mean, they will be more rested. having like They haven't gone through the playoff grind for a couple years, so they should be more fresh going into next season. Yeah, I mean, they definitely... You know, kind of like the team as a whole. Uh, you know, the 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 arrow seems to be pointing up and for continued uh, production out of those guys. Uh, you know, heading into the year, I I think there were legitimate doubts about uh, Taves and Keith, and to a lesser extent, Kane on how much they were still going to be able to contribute at a high level. Uh, I think all three of them answered that question fairly well this year. Uh, obviously, Keith's a little more advanced in age and is never going to recapture what he once had. But uh, I, I think over the second half of the year, as, as the, you know, I think the system change had an effect on him as dramatically as anyone else. Um, but he seemed to get more comfortable as the year went along and uh, you know still showed. Uh, top four defensive ability. So, yeah, uh, it's definite hope there for the, the core group um, outside of Seabrook uh, um, being able to continue to contribute. Yep, and of course, hopefully the um, new buddy comedy of Strom and Debrinket will keep trekking along. <laughs> Former roommates, right, turned. Yep, yep. Many teammates, yeah. You know, underrated uh, aspect. Uh, well, I shouldn't say underrated, but you know, kind of in a a, a good tie-in with the uh, draft lottery results uh, from last night. In, in, to, to some extent, the Blackhawks ended up acquiring two third overall picks this year and winning the lottery this year, and then uh, managing to pull off the trade for former third overall pick Dylan Strom, who at the time the deal looked like a potential bust, but now looks like he may reach his projected potential. So, you know, two big time acquisitions uh, that kind of came out of left field that we weren't expecting at the beginning of the year that can have a dramatic effect on the Hawks, um, you know, projection into the years ahead. Yep. And I will give a cautionary note on 
uh, third picks by the Blackhawks because they their last two third picks in the draft were Jonathan Taves, but the one before that was Cam Barker. So, <laughs> but if you want to look at it in a positive light, Cam Barker turned into Nick Letty. So, but then what did Nick Letty turn into? Uh, nothing essentially. <laughs> so, but, guess, hey, we want to we want a cup with him. So true. All right. So now I guess. We'll I'll wind down our little interview with Katie here with the big question. What are your Stanley Cup predictions? Oh, uh, good question. Uh, the Stars have been my second team for a while, so I think it would be cool if they won. But since I used to live in South Carolina, I would really like to see uh, the Hurricanes get far. It's been so long since they were exciting like they are. Um, especially after they kind of found a specific team identity with their like celebrations and embrace that and really are having fun. I would really like to see them go far. Yes. Um, how about you, Michael? You know, I probably should have expected this question, but honestly, I <laughs> did no preparation for this one. Um, I would love to, I'll echo Katie's sentiments on the hurricanes. Uh, They've become a, a very fun team. They still got a couple of ex Hawks as well, so uh, that's definitely a squad I'll I would like to see go far uh, from the Western Conference. Well, I, I guess st- staying in the East a little bit, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Tampa Bay finish out their incredible season and actually win a cup. Um, they're a squad that I kind of thought after the 2015. Uh, finals against us that they would have a, a Stanley Cup by now and so I would like to see them finish that off but from the West I'm not sure that there's actually a good enough team in the West to that would actually be favored yeah I've got, I've got one for the West I'll say I have one rule that I've always had and I know Michael might not agree with me but I just want the Blues to lose if the Blues <laughs> lose I'm happy yeah I'm not much of a rivalry guys so i don't particularly care but um yeah, from the west let's say I'll, I'll pick uh i wouldn't mind seeing the sharks finally get there and maybe do it that that wouldn't bother me or hey maybe a canadian team let's go with winnipeg or calgary too the, the canadians haven't won a stanley cup since the Canadians in yeah, 1993. 1993. So uh, Canada's due. Let's let, let, let's give Canada an opportunity. <laughs> and I mean, I guess the weird team, the team that like stands out to me that might win the West. That I don't know if I want them to, but it seems like what about Vegas again? I mean, no one seems really good. So maybe they'll just ride the momentum like they did last year. I think they're a definite sleeper. I think they have a chance. I, I don't think there's any one team in the West that has a particularly great chance. I think all eight teams probably have at least an outside chance. I, I, I give Colorado the least though. Um, but I think everybody else has got a legitimate shot of coming out. Yeah. And of course, uh, for those of you that don't follow Katie on Twitter, uh, whenever the Blackhawks play the stars, there's a certain picture she puts on Twitter <laughs> of uh, Tyler Sagan that, well, let's just say it's an interesting picture. I would like to note, I did not make that. I just found it on the internet. I was not the creator of that image. I'm, I'm not saying that picture is what got him traded from the Bruins. But <laughs> possible. 
<laughs> but um, I guess I'll uh, any uh, closing thoughts for you, Katie? Uh, I don't think so. I'm, you know, I am bummed that the Blackhawks didn't get into the playoffs since they were really kind of trying to streak towards the end, but also it would have really been a bummer to watch them get eliminated right away too. So maybe it's good to just have a little uh, bit of an extended break and really then try to come back strong next season. Yeah, that, that's probably the, you know, it's one of those things like, boy, it would be fun to make it. And then they're getting beat. And you're like, why did I want this to happen? But then <laughs> it, maybe it's gravy. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough call. Yeah. I've settled on the best of both worlds. We, we, we got, uh, at least a, a a playoff run, or well, uh, a run towards the playoffs. Little excitement there, and rather than watching them get bounced quickly in the playoffs, we got the consolation prize of also winning the lottery. So, best of both worlds. Yep. So, yeah, uh, thank you, of course, Katie, for coming on, and hopefully, we'll have you on a couple times next year, whenever. Yeah, sure. Won't abuse the privilege, but have you on when there's some fun stuff to talk about because as we say you're temp, um, what do I want to call it permanent guest host so to speak <laughs> favorite guest we'll, we'll call it that sounds good thanks guys yep thank you for thanks, coming Katie. on okay so that was a good interview and um, as we were talking about we're gonna we'll be back for a draft um, preview right before the draft and maybe we'll talk a little bit about what happened in the uh, playoffs and who won, who lost. Um, and that's our plan of now, unless the Blackhawks make some kind of major move before that, but I don't think that's probably going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And we can always do, you know, some, some impromptu, uh, uh, sessions here if if a major move happens or you know something to that extent or and then you know maybe a free agent preview that sort of thing as well mm-hmm. so. yep so of course as always i'm sth85 on twitter michael mj underscore ernst yep and katie is kwd uh, kdw um i well I'm going to let you hang yourself with this one. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way. I'm going to have, when we post the episode on Twitter, I will have her Twitter handle. So just look up Drzinski. I'm I'm not going to misspell it because I don't want to do that to Katie. So, but yes, um, I'll put her handle on Twitter too. And uh, it's been a good season. Wasn't great because the Blackhawks didn't make the playoffs, but uh, it was good enough. So better than we thought, right? Yeah, I'm happier coming out of it than I was going into it. So, yep. so it, it may not be to the extent that I hoped for, but it's it's something. Yep, so that's a good thing to end it on. And as always, thank you for listening this year, and we will be back.